0: So what is the source of your joy? What is the source of your delightful fellowship? Today, Pastor Chris Gordon begins Abounding Grace with a look at Paul's joy found in the church at Philippi. What's the basis of my joy?
1: What's the basis of my thanksgiving for you? What's the basis of every time I remember you in prison? It's for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now.
0: Again, welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Chris Gordon who takes us back to Philippians. We will turn our attention to chapter 1, verses 3 through 7 today as we focus on the joy of the gospel fellowship, that quininea fellowship that we are afforded in the grace of God in Christ. We invite you to spend time with us as we take a look at this very intimate letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi and learn some beautiful truths along the way. Here's Pastor Chris, today's program. How do you help a church
1: in troubled times? The first thing that he's doing is really saying, I want you to believe in what God started in you. That he's going to finish it. To really believe that God makes good on his workings of grace in your lives, in the kingdom of God, as a collective body. This is more of a collective emphasis in this statement. They had to know and understand as a community, God finishes what he starts. (laughs) So Paul is impressing this truth upon the church to have confidence that their entire work of believing the gospel, having become participants in the gospel ministry, every single bit of it is a work of God. Perseverance of the saints is a wonderful truth, beloved. Why in the world would somebody fight against that? And people do. What makes salvation so magnificent is that God in sovereign election and in sovereign power, according to the good pleasure of his will, raises people from death out of the spiritual graves, the death graves that they are in, and saves them and gives them life so that they will reach glory on that day. (laughs) That's what he's saying here. And bring us to that day in victory. Philippians needed to know this. God's love founded in him. It's an enduring love. It's, an imper- it's a persevering love. Why, why is he starting here, though? Why do you have to start there? I can't help but think that they were constantly losing perspective of this. Perseverance of the saints is a biblical truth, secondarily, right? A, and then a reformed truth. Reformed truths are not easy to hold on to, are they? That's why we're always fighting to hold on to these truths. A loss of perspective of sovereign grace has bad effects in the body of Christ. Let me say that again. A loss of perspective of sovereign grace has bad fruit in the body of Christ. It's that glorious news that drives the church (laughs) It's that glorious news that drives the work. With which with, we will have no basis for love and good works in the body of Christ if we don't believe it's God's project. You see? We put it pretty much on us. What did I say last time? Do pressures from the world, do hatred from the world, Do threats from the world, does anxiety about the future, how our children are going to make it, how we're going to survive in troubled times, does all that pressure and threat bring peace? Oh no, it's very Arminian. Makes you worried. It takes away any confidence in the sovereignty of God. This is why it anticipates Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. Because you got a God who just told you he's going to finish what he started. And yet you say, I'm so worried about my kids. Who's got them? Whose covenant are they in? Do these worries make us confident in the sovereignty of God? What we forget is who is involved in this? Whose work this is? And appreciating that God is with us and God is working among us. If you don't have that understanding, what do you think your attitude to the church will look like? Draw the line. Attitudes in the church for most part today has no real effect on people's lives. That's why evangelicalism is crumbling right now. People wouldn't act the way they do about coming to worship, about feeling forced to come to a service, about serving their neighbor, about involving themselves and being a servant, about listening attentively to the word of God, if they really believed that God was in our presence and it's his work, they wouldn't think like that. But they think God's far from us. So they substitute God for ways to try to make it something. I just want an experience in worship. Because the struggle is, we don't believe anything's happening you have really uh, three stages to the Christian life the beginning is, is this renewing and this beautiful moment of something brand new and then you move into the struggle of the Christian life which is rather dior- disorienting at times and then you reach glory I have a picture of me holding up the, the first block to this building the styrofoam block <laughs> isn't that something to think about and I put it up over my head. I don't know where it went. We'll find it. This has taken a little while, hasn't it? And how many people that I hear say, when is this ever going to get done? We just see not much happening at times. And a few workers. And all of a sudden, we've got this glorious building that's done and beautiful. Maybe you could hold on to that as an illustration of the whole project you're involved in. Maybe it was good for us to watch that the excitement of holding up the first block and the plans, and then the struggle to get through it, and then the glorious edifice that was built that we finally see. You see, Paul is helping them with this. I started the work of salvation in you, I know it's hard. I know it seems like nothing's happening. I know this gets rather mundane. I know it seems like I'm absent at times. I know there's opposition. I know you wish that I would zap all your enemies right now. But listen to me. I'm going to finish this. And it's going to be awesome. Your future, your care, your perseverance rests on me, says the Lord. And I think what Paul does now is is encourage them in the second point. See I got there? The partnership of the gospel. Paul began this book and basically said, You know what my joy is? You know what my thankfulness is? You know what makes my prayers full of happiness? Now think of where he is, beloved. <laughs> I don't know too many who've been in prison here. Prison's a lonely place. He's in prison. You know what my happiness is? You know what makes me in prison pray with joy? It's your very existence as the body of Christ that you participate with me in the gospel. It's right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. Notice what he says. This is such a pastor. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. What a pastor's heart. Love these people. But what he's saying is, you misunderstand what you share in We're together in this. This is an apostle telling him this. We are partners and there's a partnership in this gospel ministry. Paul sits in prison suffering intensely for the gospel. A gospel that meant so much to him. He records he went through this. 5 times from the Jews I received 40 stripes minus 1. 3 times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. 3 times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of Gentiles. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In the sea. and false brethren. In weariness and, tro- and toil. In sleeplessness often. In hunger and thirst. In fastings often in cold and nakedness and besides all that what comes upon me daily is my deep concern for all the churches you think you got it bad talk about feeling like god was doing nothing and the point he's making is through all this hardship your evidence that he's working <laughs> because you've received grace through my ministry And that the power of the gospels rescued your souls from death. We've labored to this sin. And we're going to die for this. So that on that day, you guys would be presented perfect in Christ Jesus. So here's the connection. In your difficulties. In your hardship. You are partakers in that same ministry. The same ministry. The same partnership. Of the same gospel. then the same grace that was given to you. That was given to me. See what he's saying. Is going to be given to the person next to you. Through you. Same grace. You forget what you're involved in. I do. Something way bigger than just you. You know this anticipates verse 29. I think it's one of my favorites in the book. Listen to this. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him. Stop. Your belief was granted by God. Did you hear that? You didn't just choose him. Your belief was a gift granted to you. Then he says something else. Not only was this granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should believe in him. Ready? But also to suffer for his sake Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have He linked it all together You've forgotten here's what you've forgotten That in the difficulties and the hardships and the sufferings that you're experiencing in the world listen to me They're all pointed All of its appointed That's what he just said What we're dealing with in American culture is that American culture has trained us to be pampered to death. We're pampered to death. We think we can't get sick. We think we can't overcome all sorrow. We don't know how to be sick. And we don't know how to die. What do you think he's going to get to in the next section? For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. The pampering of American Americans and American Christians. And Paul says to this first century church, you know why I'm in chains? You know why you're struggling? Because this same conflict has been appointed. Imagine if you looked at life that way. Whatever he's bringing us through is for the sake of the gospel. Instead of, The fruits that he was seeing in Philippi, separation, division, isolation, distancing, check out. Imagine if we looked at the appointed affliction serve a greater end. But you see, all the discouragement, the lack of being able to think through these things was really hurting the church. Now the implication is this, if one of the primary problems in the church was internal unrest, posturing disagreements over practices, fighting for all the wrong things, Paul's saying let's go back a minute then, let's stop for a minute, what brought you together in the first place? What united your hearts together in the first place? What was your area of agreement in the first place? It was gospel fellowship, it's what united you together, it was the work of Christ, the death of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, and that you had a new family in that. What's the basis of my joy? What's the basis of my thanksgiving for you? What's the basis of every time I remember you in prison? It's for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse five Christian life's kind of like a wedding, a marriage. We all love weddings, we all love marriages, because that couple is so idealistic, right? They're beautiful. They look in love. How quick it can descend into war. What couples often forget is what their marriage is designed to reflect. A greater marriage so that when they love with a love that they're supposed to love with, it looks like Jesus in the church. They're actually fulfilling the design of marriage when they sacrificially love one another. What a struggle from the wedding day to starting having kids and all the conflicts come and then the division. Some of your marriages may reflect that. The problems that we're studying in Philippi. No active pursuit of love. You're just living together. And that's exactly what your relationship to the church is like. That's where it shows up. You're just tolerating each other. There's no active pursuit of love. You forget what your marriage is designed to reflect and what the kingdom's about. And I'm not up here grandstanding. We all struggle with that. And sometimes you got to go back to the beginning for a minute. (laughs) And you got to think about the goals of marriage. And you got to think about what it once was and what it was designed to be And who brought you together? What God has joined together. Let not man separate. You got to think about what drove love. The bond was that Christ loved us and died for us as Christians. And our marriage was sanctified in a unique way. And it made us a family. And the devil comes in. And he rips up society. Doesn't he? Isn't it something he can tear society right down the middle right now? you don't think that's a demonic work they're struggling with gospel fellowship why are we even in the church this is what you got to go back to some of us have to go back to it who were just raised in it and never bought into it what is gospel fellowship because you didn't see it back in 1959 this is what Paul wants them to realize and that's my last point few minutes. I have a prayer for you guys I want you to hear. I got a prayer for the church I want you to hear. Verse 9, and it's my prayer. Here's my prayer, that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. He, he wants them to hear the prayer. He wants them to understand his prayer, the heart of his prayer, that in light of the struggles the church is facing, first that love would grow in the members. It takes knowledge, notice that, and it takes discernment to have that love grow. He's praying for that that there would be sincerity in gospel fellowship. When sincere love is there, when you invest in your brothers and sisters because you've come to believe that God is working, love follows. Immaturity and insincerity says I just don't like the tradition. I just don't like the music. I just don't like the formality. I just don't like to be half depressed to another service. I just don't like, here's the big one, accountability. That's what I don't like. Be honest before the Lord because he hates hypocrisy. Are you here just because you have to be? People caught up in insincerity divide the body of Christ because they don't understand what unites us together to begin with that it has everlasting value, that God has done this, and that God's here, and that he's in our presence today in our worship, and we're in his, better said. Look at the generations of fellowship in this place. To the extent that of your place in the body of Christ, if it is to feel forced to come, I just don't see it, feel forced to come to one service And bolt with no investment or fellowship in the gospel that's why Paul is praying that you would have that turned around that you would have love fill you and that knowledge would again come into your minds and hearts about what this is about a knowledge of the gospel that affects discernment and that your attitude would change and it would be replaced with love And that you would approve the things that are excellent. Do we approve what's excellent right now in anything in this society? This anticipates chapter four again. Set your minds on what? Profitable things. You don't have to fill your minds with all the trash of the the divisions of the world. Brothers, finally, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, Whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on that. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And guess what? The God of peace will be with you. (laughs) That is a really wonderful promise. (laughs) The God of peace will be with us. In a culture of outrage, frustration, anger, division, separation, how many things are we thinking on that are not worthy to be thought about? I pray for you. That your love would abound. Love that is patient, kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not arrogant or rude does not insist on its own way it's not irritable or resentful not always complaining does not, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love never ends this is the kind of way that promotes sincerity and gospel fellowship and, and then he just says at the very end I pray that you'd be filled with the fruits of righteousness the fruits of the Spirit. What an encouragement today. God began the work. God will complete the work. You share in something so great (laughs) that your present sufferings prove that you do and your struggles in this present age because there's a purpose in them, that they are appointed by God himself. And so I pray that you would understand that, that you would not separate out (laughs) but that you'd grow in love through knowledge and discernment and that you would stay with what's most important in this present evil age, our gospel fellowship together as the body of Christ. The fruits of righteousness would fill your church. Well, we have a lot more to go through in the book of Philippians, but if everyone were on board with that kind of understanding of Christian ministry, what a witness we would have.
0: And you're listening to Abounding Grace Radio with Pastor Chris Gordon. We'll be back in just a moment to close out our time together today with a word of prayer. But first, let me remind you that you can get copies of today's program, and you can learn more about us, and you can do it all online. Our website is a great place to start agradio.org. It's there that you can learn more about us, find out who Pastor Chris is and what he does when he's not on the broadcast. You can also contact us with questions, comments, prayer requests, or if you would like to get a copy of today's program, they're available online, and you can reach us again at agradio.org. If you'd like to give us a call, the number is 888-504-8805. That's eight 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 five zero four eight eight zero five. 504 8805 we're also available on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you stop by agradio.org to find the link for all of these formats. Abounding Grace Radio, by the way, exists on this radio station because you believe in it, and you find value in it, and you direct some of your financial resources our way, along with your prayers. We would ask you to continue to do that. No gift is too small. No gift is too big. Contact us today. Let us know how your partnering with us financially and prayerfully. Here's Pastor Chris now to close out our time today with a word of prayer.
1: Heavenly Father, thank you for your steadfast love and love for us, a love that began a good work and will complete it. And I confess, even as a pastor, I'm selfish. We are often worried about ourselves, pushing our own wants and desires, and have had little of the mind of Christ who became a slave for us. And yet look at the grace that's been given to us that we studied today. You have been so gracious and long-suffering and merciful and you have united us together, promising us you'll complete this work. So let us be here and let our gospel fellowship be enjoyed with great joy. Thank you for the Escondido URC. Thank you for the body of Christ everywhere. May this kind of unity and
0: witness be evidenced, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Tomorrow, God's surprising ways of furthering the gospel. We're in Philippians 1, looking at verses 12 through 29. Join us then for Abounding Grace with Pastor Chris Gordon. Abounding Grace is brought to you on this radio station by Abounding Grace Radio Ministries.
1: Hi, this is Chris Gordon, pastor of the Escondido United Reformed Church. I'd like to invite you to our Sunday worship services at 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. We have two worship services, 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. We preach Christ and Him crucified with the goal that you would live in the joy of this comfort in the knowledge of the forgiveness of all of your sins. 1864 North Broadway is the address here in Escondido. We'd love to see you this Sunday.